This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. Where my bitch is at? Hello and welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris. I'm Stacey Kulo, and we're both comedians. And a couple. And I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one of Brian's favorite shows. And I've never seen Gilmore Girls, one of Stacey's favorite shows. So we're watching both shows together, all seven seasons, comparing them as we go. And this week we watch season four, episode four of both shows, starting with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Fear Itself. As well as Gilmore Girls, Chicken or Beef. I thought these were both decent episodes. Mm -hmm. One was Halloween. One was Halloween themed. One was wedding themed. Wedding themed. I don't know if Gilmore Girls really does Halloween episodes. Which is surprising. You'd think they would go all out on like every holiday. I maybe, guess they make up their own. Yes, they have a lot of town festivals. But Buffy didn't do a Halloween one last year. Buffy the Vampire Slayer does one every other season. What do they do in the other years? Well, like they set up in season one, like the vampires don't really do anything on Halloween. Yeah, we'll get to that. Demons and stuff find it crass, according to Giles. How are you? I'm doing all right. Happy November. We just got done having Halloween. Right now, it's not Halloween. I hope it goes well. What do you mean we just got done having Halloween? When this comes out, Halloween's over. Oh, you're that's okay. But it hasn't happened yet. I was like, I missed it. Right. We're in a weird time flux, like in Buffy. This weekend, I'm playing my board game, Twilight Imperium, with the expansion Prophecy of Kings. Uh, long story short, it's a very incredibly complicated board game that's going to take all day to play, but I'm really excited about it. Me too, because I get the house all to myself. Yeah. And you get to make whatever bees or whatever you make. Brian hates gnocchi for some reason. He calls it bees. It looks like little bee bodies. And I love it. One time I made like homemade and it wasn't good. And I admit that. But for some reason you hate all of it now. I don't know. Just the texture. It's like, am I eating like a big fat bee? No, it's a delicious little potato ball. Yeah. And I discovered a delicious soup and I'm going to be placing the bees in the soup and eating it all myself. Well, I'm happy for you. I'm glad you get to enjoy that time without me. Thank you. I'm going to take over some people's home systems. Um, we're, we got to fix our cat. Oh, yeah. This and is fix, gross. That's the wrong word. He's already fixed. Yeah. He's got a, a poop in his butt. Yeah. It's like got a string that's hanging out and like you're not supposed to pull it, but like he definitely seems like he wants us to. Yeah. He'll just like look up at us like, do it. Just pull it out. It's not like a, str- it's just like because there's hair because he yeah. eats his hair all the time. He's obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> If you don't know how cats work. We saw him scooching. That's how you know what's up. Yeah, and there was just a poop rolling around. He was trying to bury in the floorboards. Dumb little dude. Love him, though. Not, like, digging up the floorboards, but, like, he thought the floorboards were sand. Is this interesting? Do you like this story? Is this the content people are tuning in for? It's what you're getting. Did you like the wine we drank? I did. I liked it a lot. It was a Zinfandel. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Not that I thought it would be bad, but I remember being like, ooh, I like this one. I don't know that I've had a lot of Zinfandels. Me either. It was the 2018 Likelihood of Confusion. Ooh, an ancient wine. <laughs> That's a cool name. The bottle was cool, too. It's like this guy's like head is kind of coming off and like zigzagging away because he's confused. Yeah. Hold on. Now that I remember, I think this wine grew on me. I don't think I liked the first couple sips. I think I was the opposite. Our mouths, not the same. Our mouths are different. I felt like I liked it a lot at first, and it had like a peppery taste, and Mm -hmm. it went really well with the crackers that we were having with our cheese, because we had like peppery crackers. But if you want to try 2018 Likelihood of Confusions Infidel or any other wine, be sure to take advantage of our partnership with Wink.com, where you can get four bottles of wine for $29.95 plus free shipping. And from now, November 2nd, 2021, until November 13th, 2021, Wink is running a special promotion where in addition to the discounted first purchase, you also get $20 in credit to apply to your second month of membership. That's at least one free bottle of wine. Yeah. You can take advantage of this by clicking on the link in our social media bios or in the episode description. Yeah. So, do you want to talk about these episodes? I do. Why don't we start with Buffy? Stacy? tell us all about fear itself. So, this episode is about the gang encountering a haunted house and facing their fears on Halloween. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was very fortuitous that this Halloween episode happened in October. Right, considering that our schedule has nothing to do with when it actually aired, right? Right, right. Yeah. And I guess this is airing on November 2nd, so it's coming out a little bit after Halloween. But we watched it before. Mm-hmm. So it opens with the group of friends having a little pumpkin carving party in Xander's basement. They're discussing their plans to go to this Halloween party at a frat house where they always set up a whole haunted maze that you have to go through before you get to the actual party in the attic. 
Buffy's just existentially fondling the pumpkin goo. Still not over what happened with Parker. Yeah. She bails on her friends early and sadly walks home down Sunnydale's only street. And then some guy in a demon mask jumps out and scares her. She just like punches him in the face. And he's like, hey, that hurt. What's wrong with you? Yeah, it probably hurt more than you expect because she's a slayer, but I don't think you can really fault a woman for punching you if you pop out and scare her on a bandit street in the middle of the night. Yeah, it's like, how dare you? What did you think was going to be her reaction? A hug? There's like a YouTube video, like a famous one where a guy like pops out of like a trash can to scare a guy, dude, and he just like wails him in the face. (laughs) I like Halloween. I like scary movies. But I don't like people popping out of me. Yeah, like jump scares in real life. Yeah. yeah. Like, I love going to Six Flags for Fear Fest. If you've never done that, it's great. Is that what it's called? Or I Fight think so. Fest? It's one of those. I don't know which one. It's, they really go all out at Six Flags. They decorate the whole park, like the whole month of October. Great decorations, themed rides, very fun. But they like have people, or at least like when I was in high school, they did, just like dressed up in costume, scary costumes that like walk around and spook you. I don't like that. I know they're not real, but it's still just like, I'm talking to my friends. I don't need to be scared right now. The next day at school, Willow's talking to Buffy about her witch progress. She thinks she's got all the basic stuff down and she's ready to progress to harder stuff like conjuring. But stuff like that can be a little scary. But she's like, college is about experimenting and trying things. And both Buffy and Oz, Oz especially, are like, then maybe don't. Like, this is dark shit. Maybe experiment with like a book club or intramural volleyball or something that won't kill you. I have to side with Oz here. I feel like she doesn't have a mentor other than Giles, who, like, isn't the best magician. Yeah. It's sort of like maybe you should have some experienced people teach you this. And the show hasn't shown us, like, a ton of her success. Yeah. So uh, maybe she hasn't really got this down yet. Yeah, I mean, she's done stuff. Obviously, like she's levitated stuff. She's broken spells the mayor set up. But some I don't know. I would be like, maybe don't mess with the fabric of reality if you don't have somebody who knows what they're doing helping you. Right. Or let's see if we can get Amy unratted first. Yeah, exactly. That's a good test. Buffy sees Parker having some fun in the cafeteria and bails on lunch. Willow's like, it's okay. Maybe you'll meet someone new at the party. And she's like, no, I don't want to meet anyone else ever again. Plus, Giles is probably going to make me patrol. He doesn't care about Halloween. Cut to Giles super caring about Halloween. (laughs) He's very, we'll say festively, but probably offensively dressed. (laughs) Passing out candy for just like most of the episode. Apparently he loves Halloween. He just never had the time to try it out before. But this year he is going all out. He's got this like quivering little Frankenstein decoration he's very giddy about. Yeah. But Buffy's just not in the mood because she's in a mood. She's like, please, please make me patrol tonight. I'm trying to escape all my problems. And he's like, well, actually creatures of the night think Halloween's stupid. So they stay in. She says, this is hard to believe, but he told her this two years ago. We yeah. just rewatched the Halloween episode where Ethan makes all the costumes come to life. She gets told a lot of stuff. Like she, she was aware in that episode. He says that Ethan thing was just an anomaly and there's very little likelihood of anything like that happening tonight. So he says his watcher duties are what kept him from enjoying Halloween in the past. But if Halloween is classically a, a dead night for that stuff, that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. He could have been really going out all out every Halloween. It's probably like the day that it's like, do whatever you want, watchers. Don't use being a watcher as an excuse, Giles. Maybe that's like the day they had to catch up on their diary. Because they all have diaries, all these watchers, for some reason. Yeah, that's funny. Also, can he make Buffy patrol? He's not her boss. Yeah. I know she was looking for an out, but like... I mean, it was just an excuse. It's kind of like when I use use an excuse to get out of stuff. Be like, oh, Stacey's making me do this thing. I gotta go. As long as you don't make me sound awful, I'm fine with that. She's being the worst. She's really a bad partner. Um, (laughs) So cruel to me and not understanding, impatient. I gotta go, guys. Whatever keeps you home with me. (laughs) But please leave next Sunday. Anya sneaks into Xander's basement. She's like, why didn't you call? And he's like, what do you want from me, woman? You said you were over me. Make up your mind. But she's not over him. And he actually seems kind of excited to see her. She wants to go out tonight for their one-week copulation anniversary. She's like, I just don't understand why you want to hang out with those friends. They're in college and you're a big loser that I love so much for some reason. (laughs) He's like, whatever. They're my friends. It doesn't matter that I'm not in college. And I guess you and I are kind of dating now, so why don't you just come to the party with us? But you've got to wear a costume. Maybe something scary. You were a demon. You'll know what to do. She won't. A couple things about this. For one, like, I remember seeing this and thinking, like, Xander seemed, like, pathetic and sad that he wanted to even go to this party with these people who are in college. And, you know, kind of just hearing what Anya said and, like, taking it to heart. 
But, like, Xander legitimately helped save the world with them multiple times. And, I mean, they're, like, bound together now. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if I saved the world once with a group of friends, we would probably be lifelong friends. Yeah. I mean, they're fine with Xander. They invited him to the party. I know. I was just thinking of, like, what Anya said about, like, why would he want to hang out with them? Like, what do they have in common? Right. It's like a history, a very tight history where we've saved each other's lives. Yeah. It's not like they've made a ton of new friends either. Like, they're all just still pretty much hanging out with each other. Right. But this is Xander's fear that we're setting up in this episode, that his friends will leave him because he's not in college. And Anya did dress up at what she finds to be very frightening. Yes. We'll get to that. Buffy goes to visit Professor Walsh. Remember her? The nasty, mean professor lady? But is she the the ice queen? What did she call herself? The she-bitch? Bitch was involved. There were no bitches in this episode. I mean, there were, but not like the word bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, they were using it like every episode. Where are my bitches at? She's going to her to get her assignments because she was too sad about Parker to make it to class today. And Professor Walsh is like, I don't give a fuck about your problems. If you miss class again, you're done. So she leaves and then Riley gives Buffy a little pep talk about college. Tells her to take the class seriously, but not tonight. Tonight she should get out there and have some good old fashioned Midwestern fun. Is he from the Midwest? He is Midwestern as fuck. Fuck. We don't even know that yet. Oh, believe me. We we know that. We can tell. He's our people. Dude loves corn. Something weird's gonna happen in a cornfield. No, I just... I'm just trust me. She's gonna date question. him. They're gonna go home to Iowa and visit his parents, and, like, the corn's gonna come to life, and she's gonna kill it. No, but I wish that episode happened. That'd be a fun one. She thanks him for his pep talk, walks away, leaving to him to have romantic thoughts about her. You said that like it was intentional. Like she was like, and now he's going to have those thoughts about me. He just kind of like stared at her as little music played like, hmm, maybe later I will romance her. She's your student, man. I know you're a TA and I know I shouldn't say this since I dated one of my TAs, but still. Have we talked about that? I feel Uh, like we have. I think we have. Yeah, I dated a TA one time, guys. I'm fucking awesome. AMA. Ask me anything about it. Yeah, ask Stacey. I don't take questions. I mean, I know mostly the whole story, so let us know. Let me know. The frat boys are setting up their spooky party. One of them reminds us that Halloween is about getting laid, and they're only doing this to scare women into their arms. And one of them is the Black Ranger from Power Rangers. Yeah, that was jarring to me. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? This was after Power Rangers, right? I think so. I mean, after our Power Rangers. So oh, it's still happening. Power Rangers is eternal, but like, <laughs> yeah, because that would have been early 90s when we were watching that. It's weird for him, like, we got to save the town to like, we got to get some girls. Yeah. <laughs> He's found a cool mystical symbol in a book to paint on the floor upstairs, per the horny frat boy's request. That seems kind of extra. Like, a spooky symbol on the floor isn't going to scare a girl into anyone's arms. Well, I mean, they're going for a whole haunted house theme. I guess, but it takes some guy, like, all afternoon to paint this on the floor. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems you could do, like, a mummy, and that would take less time and be more scary. You don't want to do a mummy. Xander tried to do that. It didn't work out. Mm, you're right. I will say this, that, like, you kind of have to accept that the Hellmouth's, like, mystical energies just sort of make things happen that maybe wouldn't. Otherwise, the show doesn't make any sense. Like, make guys paint a symbol on the ground? Yeah, sort of, or, like, guided them to think that it was a good idea. Okay, yeah, yeah. But the Black Ranger calls Oz to help with their sound system, because there sucks. I am jarred every time you say Black Ranger, because he is black, but he also was the Black Ranger. Yeah, it's just, it's just his character. <laughs> but it just sounds like you're like, anyway, the Black Ranger. <laughs> but yes. Okay. I don't know if they gave him a name. In the show, he definitely has a name. In this show. Oh, have... yeah. <laughs> it's Zach. In Power Rangers, he did not. It's Zach in Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was Trina, Jason. Billy. And the Black Ranger. And the Black Ranger. <laughs> they weren't even supposed to talk about being the Power Rangers, they just kept calling him Black Ranger. It was <laughs> not cool. Later, Xander and Oz bring in Oz's amp. Oz has a funny line. He says, me Casio is Sue Casio. Yeah. Xander discovers that they have a bowl of peeled grapes. And this one douchey frat guy is like, yeah, you can have blindfolded chicks, put their hands in the bowl. And then you tell them it's eyeballs. They love that. <laughs> I was getting like heavy Dean's bachelor party vibes from these guys. Oh, sure. Like not very cool, cool guys. Yeah, yeah. But, like, what? Why are they blindfolded? Are you blindfolding them to do this activity? Have like, you never heard of this? Why are they blindfolded? Like, I'm going to blindfold you and put your hand in something? I don't want to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's like an old trick. It's not It's not enticing. Girls don't love that. Girls love it. It's kind of reinforced in the scene that Xander doesn't go to the school. The frat guys give him shit for being a townie. Oz is fiddling with the amp and ends up cutting himself, and he bleeds on the floor, activating the symbol, which conjures a little tarantula. 
Buffy's mom is helping her with her little red riding hood costume from when she was 12. She's making it bigger, even though I don't imagine Buffy's that much bigger than when she was 12. Yeah, Buffy's tiny. They fondly remember how her dad used to love her. (laughs) Joyce is like, you know the divorce had nothing to do with you. I don't know that Buffy was really suggesting that, but she's thinking it now, Joyce. She starts worrying that her daddy issues are one and the same with her boyfriend issues. And she's like all worried about opening up her heart to people. Joyce is like, don't worry, your dad fucked me up too. It took me ages to be social here in Sunnydale, and it doesn't help that the first guy I dated was a homicidal robot. So Buffy did tell her about that at some point? I like to imagine that the second that she told her she was a slayer, and she's like, also, Mom, we need to talk about Ted. (laughs) Spike probably loved that story, because Spike was there for all that. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing every second we didn't see was her talking about Ted. Yeah. I didn't kill your boyfriend, he's a robot. But Joyce is like, you've got your friends, you've got your Giles, there's nothing to be afraid of. Okay, so I want to say that I, like, I hate Joyce. I've said that a million times. I feel like she's a bad mom. But I have to say, I feel like the actress did a really good job in this scene. I thought it was well acted. Sure. I thought it was the same as usual. Yeah. Well, I'd had a lot of this wine, so maybe that was the difference. (laughs) Likelihood of confusion? Yeah. I didn't think it was bad. I just wasn't as moved by it as you were. Okay. It's party time. Willow's walking through the dorm, and we see a whole montage of people we don't know in the hallway in their costumes. Like, there's a lobster fighting with a present. I don't know if this was just to showcase a few more costumes, or will we meet these people? No, I don't. We're not going to meet these people. I think they're just they're just showing us a party's happening. I guess it's kind of funny to see, like, a couple fighting on Halloween. That feels yeah. like a, a thing. But maybe then I wish their costumes were, like, less random and had, like, a deeper meaning that it's funny that these two things are fighting. Right. Buffy meets up with Xander, who's dressed as James Bond, so if they get turned into their costumes again, like they did in season two, he'll be a cool secret agent. Buffy jokes that he'll probably just get turned into a cool head waiter, and he's like, hey, as long as I'm cool and wield some kind of power, I'm happy. Yeah, that's funny. But not as funny as Oz. Yeah, they meet up with Willow, who's dressed as Joan of Arc, because she too was burned at the stake, and has a close relationship with God. Oz reveals he's wearing a name tag that just says God. In case he gets turned into his costume. Do you think it was that? Because yeah. Xander takes it that way. He's like, I wish I had thought of that. But Oz wasn't part of that. But he heard about it. Yeah, I'm sure. But that also just feels like a costume that Oz would do. Yeah. Minimal effort. Kind of funny. I also really, I thought all of this was like funny and, and clever. Willow being like, I was burned at the stake. I just like when they reference old episodes like gingerbread. Yeah. Especially like throwaway ones that are easy to forget. And like when they're like, no, this happened. And it, it had some effect on us, even though it may not seem super important. Every show should do a Halloween episode every year. I think so, too. Like Roseanne. Yeah, that was huge. Roseanne Halloweens. Sabrina the Teenage Witch did some good Halloweens. It's just, one, fun to see people in costume. Like, coming up with funny costumes. Yeah. just easy jokes. We like Halloween, though. We are big Halloween fans. We are big costume fans. And we're big horror fans. So we are biased. They're on the way to the party when some of those mysterious ninja people that we keep seeing come walking out of the bushes. No big deal. Yeah, Buffy just assumes they're in costume and, like, doesn't think anything about it. I imagine we won't get to this till the season finale. Xander says that Anya is having a hard time finding a costume, but she is going to meet them at the party. Buffy, again, all sad about being a fifth wheel. At the party, the douchey frat boy is also wearing a culturally inappropriate costume. He's doing his little eyeball game as promised, but the eyeballs are real. What? What? And then the party is just chaos. Everyone's running around, screaming, breaking stuff. The douche goes running down the stairs, falls, and breaks his neck. But when the gang arrives, it seems quiet. Like, you don't hear any of this screaming or chaos from their perspective outside of the house. It's just pretty dead, actually. Even when they get in the house, it's just kind of a chill, quiet, haunted house. They say it seems boring. What's going on? Yeah, like, they don't see anybody. Like, they walk in, and it's like there's not a party happening, other than the sound effects. Until that little tarantula starts crawling on Willow. They see some real blood on the floor. A million bats go flying. And then Oz picks up one of the bats, and it's just rubber. What is going on? Is this stuff fake or not? And then they all hear a scary voice shout, Release me! Okay, hold on. When you say a scary voice, I want to point out that the Black Rangers in this episode, but apparently they use the voice from, like, Goldar from Power (laughs) Rangers 2. It's 100% that dude. Yeah. Rita Repulsa! (laughs) Free me! (laughs) It's not scary when you imagine that, like, stupid costumed man saying it. Yeah. And then they find the guy who painted the symbol on the floor just, like, hiding in a closet in the fetal position. He's in shock. He just keeps saying, it's alive! And by it, he means this kind of cheap-looking skeleton with a knife, which then stabs Buffy. But as soon as she fights back, it goes back to plastic, like the bats. 
They get all turned around in the house. They can't figure out where they came in, how to leave. That closet that the guy was in suddenly isn't there anymore. And then Buffy pulls out her tiny crossbow and wants the rest of them to get out of there however they can and find Giles. He'll know what to do. Willow's like, no, you're not the boss of me. I want to conjure an emissary from the beyond to light the way. And Buffy's like, Willow, sweetie, let's be real. You're kind of just like, okay at magic. I... (laughs) Willow doesn't take that well. She's like, I'm not your sidekick. Couple things, you kind of (laughs) are. It's not called Willow the Magic Door, okay? Yeah. You're her sidekick from my perspective. Another thing, Buffy had so much faith in Willow's magic last season in the episode where they heisted the mayor's spider box. Yeah. She's like, Willow can do anything, even though I've never seen her do anything. Yeah, I've seen her float a pencil once. Which she's very good at. Yeah. For her credit, but like, it just was weird that Buffy now is like calling her out on not being that good when she was like blindly trusting her that she could do anything the mayor possibly could have them encounter. Right. We we complained about it then too. Like, she's not that good yet. This whole time, by the way, no one can hear or see Xander. I think. At least Buffy can't. It's not totally spelled out until this moment where Willow storms off and Xander goes to comfort Buffy and Buffy just like totally ignores him. Buffy starts calling for him and he's like, what? I'm, I'm right here. So that means no one wondered where he was until right now. But if you like go back and watch a scene, he's like saying there's a sound, but then Buffy's also saying she hears a sound right. as if Xander didn't just say that. Yeah, it takes, he says a couple of lines of dialogue that they don't address. Which to be fair, he's always saying shit. Yeah. So now they're all split up. The house is changing. Oz is changing. What? It's not a full moon. Somehow the house has affected Oz. He's becoming a werewolf. Willow wants to help him, but he like scratches her and then runs away and hides in a bathtub trying to keep himself from going full-blownsies. Full-blownsies, wolvesies? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Xander's freaking out that he's not real. He comes across some creepy talking head. Willow's all alone, so she tries the spell that she's been wanting to do, and it works. She brings forth the light, cute little tiny light, but she can't control it. And then, like, a bunch of tiny lights start swarming her like flies. Like, they're literally buzzing. Buffy falls into a basement where the douchey frat boy has come to life with his neck all crooked and broken. And he reminds her that anyone she opens her heart to will just run away from her. But she's not alone. There's a bunch of zombies beneath the floor that want to snuggle with her. Yeah, I was kind of confused by this scene because the guy was, it seems to be like whatever their biggest fear is, at least in the moment, Mm -hmm. it happens. But like a bunch of dudes like trying to attack her is sort of like what she deals with all the time. Yeah, yeah, I guess that was the best way they could come up with to, like, manifest her. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just seemed kind of, like, whatever to me. It feel like it should have been, like, Angel should have been there. I mean, saying yeah. some shit about her. I mean, maybe it's, like, all these guys will want you, but it's, like, empty. Yeah, maybe, I guess. Sure. Like, it, it doesn't mean anything? They're just after your body, the way Parker was? Is Buffy worried about someone just being after her body? I thought it was just, like, being abandoned by men was her issue, because, like, her dad... I think you're right. I'm just trying to figure out what they might have been trying to say with the zombies. I think what I said makes sense, but I don't think that was like clear in this episode. Yeah, Buffy's fear is never finding a deep relationship. Xander's is his friends thinking they're better than him and like abandoning him. Willow's is, I guess, just like struggling with wanting to do magic, but not knowing if she can or if her friends support her. And Oz's is being a werewolf. Which he kind of talks about earlier when he's trying to convince Willow not to do magic, that like every time he becomes the werewolf, he like feels something dark. Yeah. And he doesn't like that. So he's like worried for her. Buffy manages to fight off the zombies. She goes through a door, which leads her to the party room, like in the attic. She calls it the goat room. Was it, did it have a goat? It's the greatest room of all time. Did someone say that? No. I don't know why she called it that. I mean, it's got a Power Ranger in there. (laughs) Yeah, everyone's up there. She sees all of these quivering people on the floor just like going through their own personal traumas silently. Not silently, but like they're not interacting. It's like one of those dance parties where you wear the headphones and just hear the music yourself. It's almost like they're having nightmares. They're just like sort of in their own realities. In a way, it's similar to the episode Nightmares. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Willow comes running in, freaking out about the little lights that no one else can see. They're all together again. Oz is there. Xander's there. Xander's ranting about how no one can see him, but they can now. Yeah, so in this scene where they're all meeting up, Buffy sort of like wakes up Willow and and Oz, and then she like hears Xander like complaining about how no one can see him or cares about him, doing the same sort of thing other people are doing. And she's like, Xander, like, what's your problem? And it's like, what what do you mean what is is this problem? The same thing that's happening to everybody. The same thing that just happened to you and your other friends. She learned that line from the guy in the beginning that tried to scare her. I just thought that was so crazy that she, like, had no patience for Xander, who was also suffering a fake reality. Buffy's like, we need to get out of here. They decide that the house must have led them all to this room because they were so afraid and they ended up here. 
Sure. They find the book that had the floor symbol in it, and Willow can apparently read Gaelic and says this spell to bring forth Gaknar must have somehow been triggered. Release me. That's Gaknar. I think she's translating it wrong. It's definitely Goldar. Yeah. Go listen to it. I'm right. <laughs> no, You're right. Goldar. Gaknar is trying to manifest himself into being by feeding on their fears. So they got to stop fearing, but they can't stop fearing and they can't get out of the house. How will they ever get out? At some point during all of this, spooky, spooky Anya shows up in her spooky, spooky bunny costume. <laughs> so funny. She's got like these big ass feet. It's very funny the way she's walking in it. Just like alone outside this house. She's walking around the house. She can't find the door. And then she sees up in a window a girl screaming. And then the house just kind of makes that window disappear. Mm-hmm. And Anya snaps into gotta save Xander mode. She goes to Giles, who's just chilling at home in his costume, eating candy, very excited by the knock of the door. Anya's like, Xander's trapped. We gotta save Xander. Giles is like, where's Buffy and the others? She's like, yeah, yeah, they're trapped too, but we gotta save Xander. <laughs> she explains what's happening. Giles says something about matter and reality distortion and temporal flux, blah, blah, blah. And they're gonna figure something out. They get to the house. Anya's just so anxious about Xander. She's like freaking out. Giles is looking at his book, looking at the house, looking back at his book. He's like, we're gonna have to create a door. She's like, create a door? You can do that? He's like, I can. And just pulls out a chainsaw. This is my favorite joke of this season. It is so funny. It starts chopping open the house. You think that's funny? Yeah, because like the whole like I have to create a door is like a cliche phrase from all these like haunted house demon realm movies. Yeah. Where you create like a metaphysical door, you know, like or like Beetlejuice. But he just literally chainsaws a door into the side of the house. So funny. So the gang's still freaking out in the attic, and just as they're starting to think they'll never escape the house, Giles comes busting through the attic door with a chainsaw. To be clear, he busts the door open and is holding a chainsaw. He does not chainsaw the attic door open. Did you realize that? No. Like, he doesn't cut a hole. The door just opens, unchainsawed. Did he just, like, well, he, push it, the door open with I'm a chainsaw? I'm guessing that door was a door. He, like, chainsawed where there weren't doors. And then the house is like, well, you're, you're getting in there, so it's just a door now. I see. All right. Yeah, I'm guessing he's just not as affected by the the house yet. Like, I feel like it takes a couple minutes to, like, really be affected. Because they walked in and they walked through the house for a while. So did he chainsaw his way into the attic? or did Yeah, he I just... think he chainsaw his way through several different doors, yeah. Okay, but it just presents to them like a door opened. Again, I don't think he chainsaw through that wall. I think that was just a, just a door. Still holding the chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to let that go. <laughs> I love that he brought a chainsaw and Anya was, like, surprised by it. <laughs> it wasn't, like, hidden. Xander's like, Giles, hey everyone, it's Giles with a chainsaw. (laughs) Giles says that all the walls closed up behind them. Wait, so then couldn't he have just chainsawed back out? Maybe, yeah. But who knows what he's seeing at this point. Like, he might, like, chainsaw in circles. Who knows? What's he afraid of? Anyway, he sees Willow's book, Gaknar. Of course, he says. We can't let him come into being. Buffy's like, whatever, I can fight Gaknar. And he shows her a picture, and she's like, ooh, I don't want to fight Gaknar. To be fair, I feel like she's fought scarier looking things. Right. But Giles goes on to read that the spell can be shut down in one of two ways. Destroying the mark of Gaknar. Buffy just starts destroying the floor. Is not one of them. <laughs> and will bring forth the demon. Buffy, you're so stupid. <laughs> but also, who wrote that book? This is very confusing prose. No, it's a different language. Maybe the sentences are set up differently. Sure. So Gaknar comes forth, roaring up through the floorboards. And he is fierce. And he is ugly. And he is teeny tiny. And his, like, coming out of the floorboards is also shot like Power Rangers, like when they grow big from, like, a low-angled camera. He starts squeaking about how he's the lord of nightmares and how they should fear him, and they just all start laughing at him. Giles tells them not to taunt, not because he can hurt them, but because it's tacky. He is tiny, but, like, they don't know that he can't, like, spit poison or, like, shoot little daggers at their eyes. So, I don't know, I'd be, like, a little more afraid. Well, Giles probably knows. Sure. And to Buffy, he's like, they're all going to abandon you, you know. <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah. And just stomps him to death. I thought that was funny. They're all going to abandon you, you know. It's just like a last ditch effort yeah. to try to convince her. Later, they're all at Giles snacking on his Halloween candy. Xander gives Anya shit for her costume not being scary. And she says the bunnies frighten her. So, okay. Giles is distractedly reading something in the background. He's like, shoot, the inscription. I should have translated it. Leading us to believe that they, like, missed something major. Yeah, the music is all like, whoa, whoa. (laughs) But it just says actual size (laughs) under the picture. Buffy just kind of shrugs, closes the book. End of episode. Yep. What'd you think, Brian? Is it a good one? I do think this is a really good one, actually. I think 
one, it was funny. I feel like it had some really funny lines in it. And two, I thought it was a nice character developing one because we're talking about their fears, like what the characters are going through. Mm -hmm. But three, it's also one of those fun like genre bending ones where it's like we're in it's like a haunted house movie. And I feel like it was done in a way that was cool and like varied. I also just sort of love the idea of like this house that's like trapping them. It reminded me of a movie that's not that good, but like has some elements that were good. Um, We watched it together. Night of the Demons. Sounds familiar. I, I just liked the haunted house vibe. Uh, I liked like what this haunted house was doing. It wasn't just it wasn't just random, even though it could be random. There was a rhyme and reason for everything, but was very varied in the types of scares it was doing. It also put Buffy in a situation where until the end, it wasn't like, a, well, I can just fight this and it's over. Yeah, it's also kind of fun that like so much of the episode was dedicated to the haunted house and they didn't really get to solving the problem till like the very, very end. Yeah, because usually there's like a big fight. I mean, I guess maybe like her fighting the zombies. There wasn't like a Buffy action sequence. Yeah, I think the zombies were there for her to have someone to like punch and kick for like a second. Right. Because they need that in every episode. Was the stunt double even in this episode? I don't know. I don't know. That's Sarah Michelle Gellar's biggest fear. So they incorporated it. (laughs) Having to do a stunt. Yeah. But I like I liked the vibe and the tone and the character development. But also, like I said, it's just I think it's legit got some really funny jokes. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good episode. Did you not think it was good? No, I did. I liked it. The Power Ranger connection is weird, but it's there. I, I mean, you're connecting the Goldar. It sounds like Goldar. The other dude's the Power Ranger, and then he rises from the ground looking exactly like the Power Ranger monsters do when they're like becoming big, which is funny because he's becoming small. Really, he needed Rita to make him big to be normal size. How come sometimes they can see each other's fears and sometimes they don't? Like, Willow saw Oz as a werewolf. Well, I mean, she probably needed to for him to believe it was happening to him. Right. So, I mean, I think it's, like, mixed like that. Also, with these bending realities, like, I kind of see it as, like, kind of flowing. And, like, since none of it's real, like, maybe you can pick up on some of the other stuff. Right. Or, like, the skeleton was real at some points. Right. That the closet guy was seeing. But, like, no one else saw Willow's little lights. Yeah, but they might have if they had been with her. Or, like, the spider must have been someone else's fear. And the bats sort of shifted reality. Yeah. I feel like there's another movie, too, where the the house doesn't really make sense. And that's, like, a concept I've seen. Yeah, they've, they've done this. Like, uh, Night of the Demons did this. Mm, okay. And other movies have done it, too. But, uh, yeah, I'm giving this episode a stamp of approval. Nice. Uh, this is the last episode in the entire series that doesn't have a vampire in it. All the rest will have vampires? That's right. Are they all Spike? Yes. It's weird. The rest of the show has Spike, but no other vampires in it. There were no vampires, huh? Nope. Well, I mean, now I know that, like, Riley and Parker aren't secretly vampires. Riley's doing a lot of daytime stuff. (laughs) He's a vampire. What about the G.I. Joes? Are they vampires? They're not. Okay. Spoiler. They might have also been out in the day once. Okay, well, yeah, it it was funny and, um, and kind of a different format. Yeah. What would happen to you if you were caught in that house? Probably end up in the attic. I'd probably become a werewolf, just like Oz. Are you a werewolf? Yeah, 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 yeah. And now, for a special segment we like to call Meanwhile on Charmed. Charmed is another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us has seen. But we're discussing it anyway. Based only on its IMDb summaries. Stacy, what happened on Charmed? Meanwhile on Charmed, Season 4, Episode 4, Enter the Demon... Paige creates havoc when she mixes potions that switches her body with Phoebe's and must battle evil that has opened a portal between two worlds. Okay, this is obviously a play on Enter the Dragon. I don't know what that is. It's a martial arts movie about Bruce Lee. Oh, does he open a portal between two worlds? Um, no, unless you're talking about our world and the martial arts world. <laughs> it's two worlds. So I'm guessing this has a uh, a really big martial arts fight at the end between uh, Phoebe and... The evil that opened a portal. Well, Paige as Phoebe. Yes, 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 you're right. Paige sounds kind of dumb. Yeah. She needs to slow her roll. She can't just be mixing potions on, like, day two of being a witch. Well, her and Willow have a problem. Take it easy. Pump the brakes a bit. You're making Piper look good at being a witch, Paige. Yeah, even Piper's like, come on, I could do that. I don't know if her and Willow, they have a favorite YouTube channel they go to that's like magic for people that don't know what they're doing. I doubt at this time, pre-2005, that there was a YouTube channel, but... Maybe like a message board, <laughs> which I mean, it's it's hard to, to learn witchcraft over text, I imagine. Yeah. But I'm guessing she maybe learns a little bit from being in Phoebe's body. Totally. Like she gets a little empowered. She's like, oh, this is what it feels like to be like a powerful witch. Yeah, to know what you're doing. Yes. And it just, it sucks that her, her timing coincided with this evil opening a portal. Right. And now she's got to fight in Phoebe's body. And it's not a ton of martial arts. It's more like magic, like uh, lightning out of your fingers, like 
uh, Jedi style kind of stuff. The trick about this episode, though, is that this evil's like, oh, I know how to kill Phoebe. I've been ready for this. Like, I, it's been, like, waiting to attack the girls. And it came now because it sensed that there was just two instead of three. Mm-hmm. Shows up, and it's like, Phoebe, I've been studying your moves. I'm taking you down. But it isn't Phoebe in Phoebe's body. It's Paige, who doesn't know what she's doing. So the demon is totally taken off balance. Like Ted Lasso. Yeah, he's like, wait, what are you doing? Only an idiot would do that. I didn't expect that. Right. And then they got Piper. So it is three of them still. But, like, yeah. two of them are just so confused about their bodies. And Piper's just always confused so yeah it's pretty dumb luck but they 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 do it and the uh the portal starts to close and the demons jump back in they they go home also chuck norris makes a cameo uh yeah he did he played one of the demons yeah Mm -hmm. a very hairy ginger demon he was the demon that entered. Wow. They got him to play the demon? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is his last appearance. I have no idea when he's appeared and other things. I think he's still doing infomercials. I don't know. He did a bunch of infomercials for a while. Well, that's what happened, guys. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. Cole wasn't around. No. Uh, he. They didn't really say where he was. And it was, it was, his presence was missed. You could tell something was missing. Yeah. I feel like this episode probably got a lot of like males. Like, where's Cole? I said males. Yeah, you did. I meant like emails or like mail, not just a bunch of dudes. Oh. <laughs> Which is w- funny, though, that I said that because on the last podcast, I mentioned how my coworker was like super into Cole. Yeah. This has been Meanwhile Uncharted. So, Brian, tell our friends and family, you're a family now, what happened on Chicken or Beef? We're also watching a show called Chicken or Beef. <laughs> well, it's going to be three different shows. They know which show we're talking about. Okay, so this episode is about two things. Chicken and beef. Yes, this episode is about chicken and beef, those two things. It's about Lorelai trying to break ground on the inn, getting renovations and construction done on the inn so she can open it. But also it's about Rory dealing with Dean's wedding. So this episode starts with Rory coming home from Yale with a bunch of dirty laundry. And when she opens the door, an alarm goes off, which is crazy because the Gilmore Girls have never had an alarm. It's super loud, super annoying. Speaking of which, can you guys hear our doorbell ringing? <laughs> Not our doorbell, uh, the d- buzzer. We usually try to cut it out, but sometimes we don't. It seems Kirk's latest job is part of the Stars Hollow Security Company, which is a great name. Apparently, Kirk had his buddy Jimmy like break into Lorelai's apartment while she was gone and like set up this security system and also like jack up the sound to be super loud because Kirk's worried about her now that she's alone. She's a pretty spinster. That's what he called her. <laughs> we never see it, but that's what he labeled her. So Lorelai's got this alarm going off. She doesn't know how to turn it off. So she grabs her daughter and they go to this corner where there's no motion detectors and they just wait for it to go off and they can't move or it'll go off again. Uh, This is pretty fun because like Lorelai's more concerned with the fact that Rory cut her hair, which I think looks really nice. It's like shoulder length now. It looks really sleek and neat. I like it. Yeah, Rory's got some good hair coming up. Oh, also, Lorelai mentions that Kirk had a gun. I'm confused because he says that Kirk comes over, but later Kirk says his friend Jimmy did it. So I don't really know what happened. Uh, but Kirk should not have a gun, right? I feel like of all the people in Stars Hollow, he should definitely be the last one to have a gun. I mean, I don't know if that's how guns are handed out. <laughs> we got a pile of guns. We're going to start with the most trustworthy. No, I just meant like in the sense of like who should have a gun, not should like legally, should like morally or like should... Maybe there's no bullets in it. That's what I'm hoping. Uh, but yeah, he, he was worried about Lorelai, which is the message here. Because before she had Rory to protect her. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> also, you know, the crime in this town is crazy. Uh, in this scene, Lorelai also mentions that they have a new mail carrier. Apparently, Kirk left his one of his jobs finally. To take this one, I guess? I guess. And, and others, I'm sure. But their new mailman sucks and just delivers mail to whoever, I guess. Just random people. So I guess Kirk was better at this. He had his own system, but this guy's system sucks. But until they can fix the alarm system, Lorelai has created a little post-it note path that they can follow with instructions like duck hop. To, like, get around the motion detectors and not set off the alarm. I thought that was all kind of funny. Yeah. Doesn't matter at all. None of this, really. No. But it's funny. So later, Rory goes to the town square to try to do some relaxing reading. But she's kicked out pretty much immediately by some guys who are, like, setting up stuff for Dean and Lindsay's wedding. That's right. Dean and Lindsay's wedding is this weekend. Oh, Rory. Why didn't Lane warn her about the goings-on in the town? Rory gets almost hit by a thing of tablecloths, right? Yeah. They must have almost actually hit her, because I don't know how they would have, like, faked this stunt. It's CGI. I doubt it. Yeah. 
It really does almost hit her in the head. Rory goes to Lane to sort of complain, like, why did you tell me? But Lane is trying to have a band meeting right now to find a replacement for Dave, who went to California to go to college. It's kind of funny because her bandmates are like, they're hiding in a wardrobe because she thought her mom was coming home. On the subject of running away from the wedding preparations, Rory yeah. says she does a pretty good idiot run when she needs to, which is true. <laughs> yeah. She ran away from Jez like an idiot after she kissed him. That's true. That's funny. What What is her bandmates' names? Zach and Brian. Yeah, so Zach uh, is super angry at Dave. But Zach looked like he aged like three years, by the way, since the last time I saw him. So does Dean. Yeah, but he's getting married, so I can do that to you. Mm-hmm. But Zach is angry at Dave for going to college and in abandoning his sound. He says no true rock and roller has ever gone to college. But then Rory names like six or seven famous rock and rollers who did go to college and have like PhDs. That was all pretty funny. He's like, that's your friend, Lane. Yeah. So their interaction is pretty brief. I think it's just to be like, yeah, Lane's still doing something here. So Rory heads home, but on her way home, she runs into Dean. And they are both awkward as fuck. Like, way too awkward while they're talking. I honestly thought it was kind of nonsensical. I will say that I feel like Alexis Rory actress is... That's her last name. Yeah. Alexis Rory actress. She did a good job of being, like, awkward. I feel like I believed her in this. I'm not saying the same about Dean. I don't know. I didn't seem genuine to me. They were both like just fidgeting up a storm. Like they just slammed coffee or something. I mean, they probably did. That's Rory for sure. Jared Padalecki, I think, looks much different now than he does like at 17 or however old he is in like season one. Yeah. And I feel like that face has become now. <laughs> like, yeah. He looks so much different. His face changed a lot in the summer. So they're standing there talking. Well, trying to talk. They're more like <laughs> to each other. He's like, yeah, we're having our wedding. I would have invited you, but I didn't think you were going to be here, which is like, I mean, you still could have invited her. Yeah, she's not far. But also, it's not weird that you didn't invite her. I don't know. You shouldn't invite her. It's too recent. If they had dated years ago and we're still good friends, yes. but they just, it's been like less than a year. You shouldn't be getting married. You shouldn't be marrying Lindsay, but definitely shouldn't invite her to your, to your wedding. But he's like, you should come. What do you want, chicken or beef? You're definitely a beef girl. I don't mean anything mean by that. She is, though. She's a beef girl, for sure. So she's all like, cool, I'm going to go. Uh, again, Alexis, great acting in this scene. Back at the house, Kirk is explaining he doesn't know how to remove the security system because his co-worker, Jimmy, is the one that installed it. He does know how to change the code, though. So Lorelai goes to change it, and he just, like, stares at the numbers when she does it, which I thought was like, okay, so you can break in, I guess. Is this where he talks about, like, a knife-wielding gunman? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't want some knife-wielding gunman. And she's like, wait, he has a knife and a gun? He's like, and a dirty tank top. Okay. Suki shows up and explains that Michelle is very upset that they are not including him on the inn renovations, and he just feels like they're leaving him out and maybe don't want him. Kind of like Xander. Yeah, he's got a very Xander vibe in this story about him. So he's he's upset. He called her very upset about it. So they are going to go get Michelle. They do have a conversation like, God, Michelle sucks, right? He's like mean all the time and rude. Yeah, they're like kind of saying how great he is, but then like saying all of his flaws. But then they're like, but we, we need him, right? Yeah, right? But they decide they do need him. I don't know. What What is he super good at? I don't know. They tell us he's good at his job. So I'm guessing he is. I've only seen him reluctantly do stuff, be mean to people, or like not do the job because he's got child puppies. But he gets shit done? I guess. I don't know. Maybe his attitude is helpful in situations. Yeah, I don't know. But they're like, we got to get him. So they go to the hotel he's currently working at, which is like crazy upscale. Like trendy. Yeah. It feels like it's in, like, downtown of a big city. Yeah, everyone's wearing all black. They look like stagehands because they've also got, like, little head pieces on, like, headsets where they're constantly receiving phone calls and, like, answering stuff. There's, like, techno playing during the day. Yeah, they're dressed a lot like that old SNL sketch about, like, uh, those guys folding clothes with Will Ferrell. doesn't matter. That's aging me. With the tiny phone? Yeah, the tiny phone. Aging you like Dean and Zach? Yeah, I meant, like, it's dating me. Got you. Like me? No, like Zach. I'm dating Zach. Um, <laughs> there's a fun scene where they ask a coworker to get Michelle, and they're like, okay, he comes like the wind. It's <laughs> like, all right, whatever that means. Michelle acts like he likes the place and, like, hadn't even thought about going back to the hotel, but he clearly wants to. Like, Suki's like, you called me crying about the hotel. Yeah, he, that is funny, though. He also hates that people keep calling him, like, when he's in the bathroom, he still has to answer questions and stuff. He yells at the guy at the desk, stop asking me who the hottie I'm talking to is, <laughs> like, in his ear yeah, as yeah. Lorelai's talking to him. Yeah. At Luke's, much later, Rory is talking to Lorelai, and she decides they're going to go to the wedding because it seems like fate is forcing her hand. Luke comes over and is like, fate and astrology are bullshit. And I was like, Luke, you're my dude. I totally agree with you. It's all bullshit. 
I also like Luke's like, tea leaves make tea. I liked in the scene Lorelai was like, oh, what was Dean's body language like? And she said, tall. Yeah. Lorelai and Rory decide fate is real and they will get Dean a salad spinner for the wedding and go. But didn't they already give him a catalog of stuff to buy? Yeah, but maybe he didn't tell them what he wanted. I guess. It was like a big deal. He was supposed to pick something out. Okay. Well, he didn't. So now they got to deal with that. They didn't say he didn't. They're getting him additional gift then? Well, we didn't see. I don't know. I'm just telling you what we saw. We saw her give him a catalog and say, get something from here. I suggest the bowls. I think she said, let me know what you want and I'll get it. So you're saying he just didn't? Mm-hmm. Okay. Or he did and they're getting him another gift. Okay. Uh, Miss Patty stops by with Lorelai's mail because, like we mentioned earlier, their new mailman is super shitty and apparently doesn't have a tongue. What? They kind of just gloss over that. Yeah, Miss Patty's like, oh, I'm going to kill him. I don't care if he doesn't have a tongue. Like, what is happening? Yeah, Rory's like, what? Can we explain that? And no nope. one does. <laughs> Moving on. Going through her mail, though, Lorelai notices that Taylor Douchey, that's what I'm calling him from now on, Taylor Douchey. Good one. Uh, has sent a cease and desist order. Apparently, the inn is historical, and before they can do any work on it whatsoever, she has to like have all these like legal things approved by a historical society. So she just heads next door to Taylor Douchey's, where he's like yelling at a kid for having had too many samples of his ice cream. <laughs> So Taylor's like, oh, yeah, you need to jump through all these hoops before we can start construction. And she's like, well, I already have people coming on Monday. Like, I need to get this stuff done. And he's like, yeah, I guess you could do some of the stuff. Like, you could come to the town meeting tonight and do a presentation. She's like, cool, I'm going to do that. Meanwhile, Rory is, like, loving the shit out of some chocolate, chocolate, chocolate ice cream. (laughs) Actually, that was very funny. They're there to fight Taylor, but she's still like, this is so good. Yeah. I just, you know, Rory could have been an ice cream queen. And, you know, now she's eating this chocolate. She's maybe she should have been. Yeah, that was her destiny. <laughs> but fate's not real. Lorelai mentions to Rory on their way over to the ice cream shop that she knows that going into business for herself, she's going to have to fight tiny men like Taylor. Yeah. thought that was interesting. That's how I would describe them. Y- yeah. But also, they're fighting a tiny man in Buffy. Interesting connection we're forcing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, Anya and Kirk both break in somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what's going on here. I guess Giles breaks in, too. I meant Anya, like, broke into Xander's room. That's it. That's all the connections. So they go to leave, but then Ducey, I'm sorry, then Douchey says that they got to pay for the ice cream, which is funny because they just left Luke's without paying. Like, I know you said that they had already probably paid, but we've seen them leave Luke's without paying several times. So it's funny that they got called out for not doing it. Did you say Ducey as a misspeak for Douchey, or did you say Ducey meaning Dosey? I know his name is Taylor Dosey. Right. But he's douchey. But you and were like, I, douchey. Like, <laughs> I, mean, douchey. I like split the difference when I was trying to say his name. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Cut to the town hall. Some of this is pretty funny. Like, Michelle is constantly complaining that the guy next to him smells really bad. <laughs> They're like, well, I don't smell anything. He's like, it's because I'm breathing it all in and it's not reaching you. I just, I just kind of loved him, like, squirming uncomfortably the entire meeting next to this guy who smells bad. And later when he gets on stage, he's like, let us know if you have any questions about deodorant, like, places to buy it, how to apply. <laughs> yeah. Dosey's upset. Sorry. Dushi's upset. No. Dushi's spending this whole meeting talking about like some Are you what are you calling him? <laughs> Dushi? Dushi. You landed on Dushi. Dushi. Taylor Dushi. Mr. Douche spends this entire meeting just like talking about this book called The Happy Donut that was like some kids like runner up almost got a prize for like a short story contest. He's like everyone's got to read this. Gypsy's all like how can a donut be happy? Wow, that's deep. Yeah, how could they? They get eaten. I don't know. But there's just not time after all this to, you know, actually address any of Lorelai's presentation. So he, like, tries to end the meeting, even though he knows Lorelai wants to, like, do a presentation. She mentioned it, like, five minutes ago. She's like, no, I gotta do my presentation. He's like, all right, fine. And then he says, like, sorry, everybody, your kids and elderly will have to wait. (laughs) And then she starts to realize that, like, maybe he's doing this on purpose. And it turns out he is. And we'll get to that later. There's a funny bit here, too, where everyone's, like, passing mail to the appropriate person. Yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah, Gypsy just like straight up read some guy's mail. He's like, that's personal. She's like, no, it's not. Well, the medical stuff was. <laughs> Miss Patty says, here's your girly magazines, Taylor. He's like, those are lifestyle magazines. I want to know what that, does that mean they have like a black cover on them? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Like when you get a dirty magazine in the mail, it's got like plastic around it. That's what those are. And the front of it is like black, like censored. I'm guessing they're like 17 magazines. <laughs> well, no, my question is though. She calls them girly magazines. Is she saying that like a joke? Like, I know they're not girly magazines. Or is she saying that because they have that black cover? So she assumes they're girly magazines. 
Yeah, it could either be that or he is getting like magazines that women typically order. Uh, yeah, and she's yeah, yeah. making a joke. I that yeah, it could go either way. There's a lot of speculation on Taylor's sexuality. I'm interested to know. It's never answered. And I wanted to make it clear no matter what it is, I hate him for who he is. Yes. While they're giving their presentation, Douchey just like constantly keeps interrupting them with like little objections and like dumb questions and like keeps like suggesting there's problems like, oh, so a bunch of drunk people are going to be hanging out there. Oh, you want to pave paradise and put up a parking lot? I guess he's just doing lyrics now. Yeah, he says that like 18 parking spaces isn't enough for 10 rooms. Yeah, he's like two people to a room, each brings their car. Like it's that's a brothel maybe. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only time that happens. Well, there's going to be alcohol there. It's true. Thank God Kirk's around to keep things under control. Speaking of Kirk, Lorelai has to leave the meeting early because she got a phone call from her house. Kirk has just apprehended an intruder, which of course is Lane, who came to practice in the garage. Before she can even turn around, the meeting is over. Sugi's like, yeah, douchey just like adjourned the meeting. So Lorelai like runs Taylor down and he like turns around and says, please don't sneak up on me like that, Lorelai. I almost blew my emergency whistle. Oh my God, this guy is such a little bitch. I hate him so much. She talks him into doing a tour of the inn the next day because he had added that as another thing that has to be done. He keeps adding all these hoops she has to jump through. So he's like, yeah, he'll do it at 6 in the morning before church. So she's like, fine, whatever. Then we cut to Luke's where a very drunk Dean and his bachelor party show up. They just finished phase one of the bachelor party, which was to drink a bunch of beer in a parking lot and do some laser tag and some batting cages. Our friend Kyle's here. Yeah, and I feel like Kyle is like super reasonable in this scene. I actually like Kyle. Well, he's sober. I know, but he's also just being nice to Luke and to everybody. He's a sweet boy. Yeah, I like Kyle. He might be a nerd, but I like him. Also, he's serving in the Navy. But his friends are, like, wasted, and so is Dean. It's like Dean's first time drinking beer or something. He's like, I just found out I love beer. Like, okay, you've never been drunk. Kurt. Kurt. Get down. Get down. Get down. Get down. Get down. Good boy. Good boy. But they're there to get some coffee, I guess. They said to refuel. Luke wants to close, but he sees them, and he's like, all right, I'll make you some coffee. I love when Dean's like, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of funny scenes. And then another guy's like, your name's Luke? My name's Luke. We should start a club. And Luke's like, yeah, that'd be swell. Uh, it was super deadpan, but it was really fun. And that guy is in New Girl. He sees how drunk they are and is like, you know what? I'll make you guys some pancakes, too, to soak up some of that booze. Dean's friends all want to get strippers. Where? Yeah, I'm, that's the thing I want to know. Like, where are there strippers in Stars Hollow? Miss Patty might do it, I guess. But, like... Who else? And they're like kind of insisted on it. Kyle is so goddamn sweet because they were like, how much you tip a stripper? And they're like, depends on what she does. And Kyle's like concernedly says like, wait, are they really prostitutes? Because if they are, I'd feel bad. And I was like, Kyle, you're fucking cool, man. I hope you get a spinoff. Does Kyle get a spinoff? No. All right. I don't know if we see Kyle ever again. Well, he probably dies in the Navy. Whoa. Yeah, it got dark. Uh, I, I want to, before we go any further with this, what is with television shows on like having bachelor parties the day before the wedding? Yeah, that's not a thing. It's just like the dumbest idea. I mean, this whole wedding's a little rushed. Maybe they forgot to have a bachelor party. But you see it in movies and stuff too. Yeah, I know. Isn't the hangover? Yeah, I think so. At least one of them is like the day before a wedding. Yeah, just purposely have it like weeks before so you're not freaking hungover for your wedding. Yeah, why would you want to feel like garbage at your wedding? I guess on the one hand, it's convenient if like people need to fly in from somewhere. You only need to okay. do it like once. I see that. I see that point. But then like do it Thursday and the wedding Saturday. Yeah, or like, I don't know, get drunk early. <laughs> like, I don't know. Also, it would be weird to, like, this is just me being, like, too prudish, I guess. But, like, there's just something weird about, like, a stripper on my lap and then the next day I'm with you, like, at a wedding. I would feel uncomfortable. But if it was two weeks apart, it'd be fine? Yeah, you know, get that stripper smell off my crotch. I'm good to go, you know? Yeah, good to go. Yeah, wipe her down. You're set. Is her your crotch? You wipe them both down. (laughs) And they both need about a week to air out. Then you can get married. Anyway, at some point it becomes clear that Dean is like very drunk because he just starts like mumbling Rory. And so Luke is like, hey guys, uh, we're calling it a night. You guys should go home. There's no way you can top laser tag because strippers don't beat laser tag. Not stars hollow strippers. Yeah, that's fair. So Kyle, who's awesome, takes them all home. 
and Luke takes Dean upstairs. Now, they all trust Luke, so this isn't that weird. But, like, a little bit, if they didn't trust Luke, this would be weird. Yeah. He's like, hey, guys, I'm taking him upstairs to my bedroom. You guys go home. But, again, they probably all know Luke since they were born. Absolutely. And we know Luke. He's a stand-up guy. But it's just, like, this weird, like, I'm taking him upstairs. But he takes him upstairs, and, you know, he's just going on. He just, like, is not hiding it at all anymore. He's just like, oh, Rory's hair and head are so beautiful. I love Rory. He doesn't say love, but he's just like, oh, she's so great. And then at some point he's in bed, Luke's like taking his shoes off and like getting him into bed to fuck him. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, he's like getting him into, I guess, Jess's old bed. I don't know. But then Dean says like some stuff that's pretty depressing or just like sad or emotional. He says, I miss her. Why didn't she love me? And Luke just stares at him and Luke gets his plight. Luke is also like, yeah, there's a Gilmore girl who should love me, but doesn't reciprocate my feelings. And I don't know why. Right. And this is one of those moments where you're like, oh, Luke, I like you. Like, as much as you're crazy and you once, like, tried to tackle him for, like, maybe breaking up with Rory once. Why do you think he didn't just, like, see Dean home? Is it weird that he, like, kidnaps him? That's a good question. I don't know. Maybe he could have just driven him home. not get him in trouble with his parents, I guess. But, like, he's getting married tomorrow. It's not like his parents' opinion matters. That's a good point. And his parents probably would be like... Yeah, it's his bachelor party. He got a little crazy. Like, that's, I don't know. That's when a kid gets crazy. Maybe it just seemed easier than, like, trying to walk him all the way home. Maybe he didn't want him at his parents' house talking about Rory. Yeah, that could have been it. He was like, he's a mess right now. I don't want anyone else to, like, see this so he's not embarrassed. Yeah. The next day at the walkthrough, Douchey is being douchey as always. He wants Lorelai to build a glass porch over there not yet but one day to be historical rotting porch the porch is from the 80s and it's like falling apart and he's like well it will be historical one day so let's preserve it it's clear he's like got an angle here and Lorelai says to Miss Patty like hey you've got pole with him could you use it and she's like no I'm saving my pole for when I need something done <laughs> finally Lorelai just is fed up and she loses it and grabs Dosi by the fucking collar and it's like up in his face and he's all like oh be careful I have church <laughs> so funny her grabbing him is awesome, but that line's super funny. Yeah, and she demands to know, like, what needs to be done to cut the red tape. And he, Taylor just blurts out, I want an ice cream truck. I want to ring a bell. <laughs> this is a stupid idea. Yeah. Him getting an ice cream truck totally makes sense. Yeah. But parking it in front of his own store, why? Yeah, I don't understand. What it's Your store's the, what, what's the difference? Park it across town. Make double money. Yeah. Or like split up the business. You're not gonna get more people this way. Yeah, you can also ring a bell without the truck. Yeah, just ring a bell, man. So it's clear that all of this was to get Lorelai under his thumb so he could pressure Lorelai to pressure Luke to let him park his truck outside Luke's because he knows that she's got an in with Luke. When was he going to reveal that to her, though? Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, say that last night. Was he waiting for her to grab him by the collar? I'm assuming this happens to him a lot. And he just waits till the person almost kicks his ass. So she she doesn't, I don't know if she, like, agrees to it, but then it's clear that she's agreeing to it. She just goes to Luke, like, immediately, like, runs there. Yeah. She's like, can he do it? And he's, he, Luke's like, yeah, I would have said yes anyway. It's not my place. It's outside. It's the street. And then she has this big rant. She's just losing her shit about how, like, is this how business is done? But after her big, like, rant, she's like, I want a coffee. And he's like, I'm not giving you coffee. <laughs> there was a funny joke. She says, like, all this stuff about guys doing deals in back rooms with their dirty mustaches. <laughs> it looks like, oh, maybe he's getting his mustache cleaned. Yeah. I imagine they have dirty tank tops, too. Yeah. Uh, when she leaves, Luke goes upstairs. He's been blending up, like, a hangover cure for Dean, who takes one sip of it and does not finish any of it. It looked bad. He made a wince. Luke wishes him luck. I don't know. It just seems kind of like maybe you're making a mistake, dude, or I don't know what the answer is for you. Yeah, I was trying to figure out how to read the scene. Like, I feel like he, like, tries to bring it up, but then Dean kind of, I don't know if Dean doesn't, probably doesn't remember, but he's like, I gotta go get my tux, and then Luke kind of stops trying to bring it up. Well, Dean mentions twice that, like, I'm due at the wedding Mm -hmm. soon, and, like, I have some things to get done. So I think Luke's like, there's just not time. To stop this? Yeah, but also I think Luke realizes, like, but even if I did stop it, like, is Dean going to get what he wants? Yeah. You know, like, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, there's nothing I can do about this. And Luke kind of pushed for Jess and Rory. So he's sort of part of the reason they're not together. Sure. He didn't push them to be a couple necessarily, but he definitely, like, encouraged their friendship. That's true. I mean, I don't think his plan was to replace Dean with Jess, though. No. Outside, Luke runs into Rory and finds out that she's going to the wedding. And he's like, you can't go to the wedding. Please trust me. 
And she's like, why? And he's like, just, just, it'd be better if you didn't. And she, it's kind of cool because she's like, okay. She like doesn't question them, which I'm a little, I feel like she would have, but she's just like, all right, I guess we're not going to go. I can't remember what happens, but he was like looking for Lorelai. I wonder if he would have like straight up told her everything. Right. I think he might have said that to Lorelai. So I wonder if he like ever does. Yeah. I think in a much later episode, he tells Lorelai that Dean is a robot. <laughs> that was a reference to the Buffy thing if you skipped it. <laughs> Just here for the Gilmore content. Uh, we also see a scene where Kirk apologizes to Lorelai about the alarm. He's like, don't worry, I removed the alarm and I'll fix your roof tomorrow. She's like, the roof, don't worry about it. <laughs> but this scene, is I feel like it's super sweet because mm-hmm. he's like, hey, I just, you know, I really wanted you to be safe and I was worried about you and that's why I did this. And it comes off as very genuine. Yeah, she like kisses him on the cheek. Yeah, are they going to date? We've set this up that he's into her. You and I have. Yeah. No, there was an episode about that. We yeah. asked her out. But it's actually very sweet. Yeah, she kisses him on the cheek. Then he gets in a little crazy little golf cart and starts like following them, her and Rory down the street. Yeah, Rory's like, oh, why is Kirk following us? And Lorelai's like, he's watching out for us. And she's just like, okay, <laughs> whatever you say. And he's got a gun. <laughs> but they also discuss how they're not going to the wedding. Yeah, Rory's like, we're not going to go to the wedding. And she's like, Luke seemed pretty serious about it, so I don't think we should go. The next day, Lorelai breaks ground on the new inn, her, Suki, and Michelle. Michelle takes a photo that does not look like it's actually lined up. Yeah, he's like demanding to be in the picture, basically. He's like saying how beautiful a picture it is for the two of them. Yeah. And they're like, just be in the picture, Michelle. And he immediately puts the camera down. He's like, it's on self-timer. I framed the shot. You did not. You never once framed the shot from the car hood. Exactly, exactly. You have no idea if that's correct. But where's Tobin? That's what I want to know. I'm sure Tobin's coming back. But also, that's like sweet and it's happening. It's, it is sweet and it's happening. Oh, you mean like they're doing it? Yeah, like they're having sex. Uh, but then also, Rory walks past the wedding and like kind of watches it from afar like a freak. And that's sad. At the beginning of the episode, they had like the happy Lala's music playing. And now they're playing like happy, but like it's actually sad, bittersweet Lala's playing. Yeah, there's some like strings in there. Yeah, as Alexis, a Rory actress, like kind of... I don't know if we actually see her cry, but she like looks like she's crying inside. Yeah, she's very emotional. Which again, great actress. Uh, that's her that part of her last name. Yeah, she was destined to be an actress. Who said fate's not real? Uh, Luke. Uh, <laughs> and she's like staring at the wedding, which is also like a little weird. Like Rory, I feel like I understand the sentiment of what's happening, but it's going to be weird if like Lindsay sees you like staring at this wedding from a tree in the distance. Yes. Don't you think you'd be like, hey, is that your ex staring at us? Yes. But, you know, what she doesn't. For narrative purposes, that's all this is happening for. So she's obviously doesn't know how to deal with what's happening. And that's the episode. It ends on those sad lalas. So, Stacey, do you think this is a good episode? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. It was funny. A lot of Taylor again. That's not so fun. But, yeah. like, it was more enjoyable this time. I feel like it was funnier. Than the last Taylor-centric episode. Yeah, where he was just, like, fighting with Rory. Because mm-hmm. Rory was just kind of sad mad. Yeah. Where this was, like, mixed with good banter from, like, Lorelai and the town people and stuff. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, this episode was very forgettable. I remembered almost nothing of this. Like, all the Taylor stuff. Not in my brain. That Michelle hotel scene, I don't remember that. One little bit. It's possible I've only seen this one, like, once. I do remember Rory sadly observing the wedding. And I do remember the bachelor party scene, but I also had just seen that on YouTube recently, so that might be the only reason why. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like, the Luke Dean stuff was interesting. Like you said, Luke knowing he understands Dean, but, like, can't do anything about it. Like, it's too late to try to help him work through that, and Luke doesn't know how to work through that, having a Gilmore not love him. Yeah. See, it's definitely not bad. Like, there's nothing really, other than Taylor being an annoying person, the scenes with him weren't, like, bad. It it was all entertaining and fun. But it's just kind of a forgettable episode. Yeah. my overall feeling. Mm -hmm. The Kirk stuff was really sweet. Yeah. I did not remember that at all either. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, just about every Gilmore Girls episode is pretty solid. So, I mean, this was good. Good jokes. Funny stuff. I don't like Taylor. I don't even like plot lines that involve him because I just hate him. Yeah, and I love Richard and Emily. Yeah. I mean, even though they can be very flawed characters as well as Taylor, I just think the banter with Emily and Lorelai is much more entertaining every time than Taylor and anyone. Agreed. There's an interesting character in season four, Buffy, when it comes to banter. I can't wait. I think what it is is Emily has vulnerability. Right. Like, we see it. Like, what 
makes her tick. Taylor, we only see one side of. Well, Emily's also like strong. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you can say stuff to her and she's like, she might get emotionally hurt, but like she'll get through this. She's like a strong woman. Mm-hmm. Like Taylor's just like this like weak. His power comes from like. Owning the town. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just, I hate him. But like the scene at Luke's was good for all the reasons you talked about. The wedding, watching Rory watch it was good, but there wasn't anything else emotionally in this episode that really had me invested. The the wedding in particular, I kept thinking like, don't be caught watching this. <laughs> Yeah, um, seeing that side of Luke was nice. Like, I don't want to be dealing with these drunk guys right now, but, like, I'm gonna because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. It was cool. So, Brian, which episode do you think was better this week? I think Buffy was better. Yeah, I think so, too. Again, not a bad Gilmore. No. Not my favorite Buffy ever. Sure. But it was just, like, kind of a special Buffy, and this was a very forgettable Gilmore. Yeah. Like, you could almost remove this Gilmore from the canon, and the show makes sense. I mean, some big things happen, like Dean got married, and she broke ground on the inn. But we could have seen those things off screen. Right. Probably. Yeah, no flaws with either show, really. I mean, when I say no flaws, I mean, there were flaws we pointed out. But, like, both were good, but I'm going to have to give it to Buffy. I think Buffy has the edge here. Okay, it's decided. If you want to watch along next week, we'll be watching Gilmore Girls Season 4, Episode 5, The Fundamental Things Apply. As well as Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 4, Episode 5, Beer Bad. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Okay. Well, I don't remember anything about this Gilmore, so maybe it'll be terrible, too. Hopefully, neither of us remember much about Beer Bad. It's notoriously not a good episode. I remember seeing it and being like, this is a bad episode. Well, it's in the title. In the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the episodes discussed in this podcast. Why didn't Luke take Dean home? What are your thoughts? Do you think Willow's ready to move on to the next magical phase? How is Willow teaching herself magic? Do you think Kirk and Lorelai are going to date? You know they do. Should Rory go to the wedding? Like, how would you feel about it? If you're in the same situation, you're Lindsay or you're Dean or you're Rory, what what do you do? Do you go? Do you not go? Do you not invite her? Like, what happens? How many gifts did they give Dean? Did you guys sense a Power Ranger connection? <laughs> Let us know. You can reach out to us by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Gilmore Slayer, where we post all kinds of interactive and behind-the-scenes content. And for more bonus content, you can subscribe to our Patreon page, where we post weekly video reviews of the show Angel, host monthly live-streamed watch parties, and share other bonus content. And shout out to all of our new since last time Patreon subscribers, Alice Nedden, Missy Kitty Fantastico, Heather Noel, LaToya Brown, Lucia Diaku, and Scott Sewell. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And if you want to support the podcast, you can do so by subscribing to our Patreon just like they did. Or by taking advantage of our wine partnership with Wink.com. Or by making a one-time donation. All these options are linked in the episode description and in our social media bios. You can also support the podcast by simply leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love hearing your feedback, and it really helps our podcast get discovered by even more Buffy and Gilmore fans. And if you leave a review, we'll give you a shout-out on an upcoming podcast. For even more comedy content not related to the podcast, follow us at Brian and Stacy. That's Brian with a Y, Stacy with an EY. That's right. We also make comedy sketches, play board games, and review movies in a similar style to our podcast. For all that and more, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel called Brian and Stacy. If social media is not your thing, you can send us an email at brianandstacyreviews at gmail.com. Should we go see if Kurt passed the poo? Let's go check. I heard some noise in there. I'd be so proud of him. Me too. Bye. Bye. Bye.